My next guest is a host for BetQL, CBS Sports Radio, and 106.7 The Fan. I want to welcome back on recurring guest, Mr. Victor, excuse me, Mr. Nick Asher. Nick has everything going. Sorry, I might, might have COVID. Might have COVID. I don't know if that's fucking up my, my pronunciation. Getting tested tomorrow. <laughs> oh, is that a serious thing? You really might have it? I think so. I woke up today like I got hit by a truck, and it's, oh. it's not good. I got the booster, though. I already got the booster. So, like, yeah. Yeah, no, but well, it's very interesting and it's not good because well, I have movie tickets on Thursday. So the odds of me <laughs> making that are looking very slim by the hour. So yeah, this is true. Good. Well, glad you're getting tested before you go to the movies out in public. Yeah, that's the right yeah. thing to do. So, yeah, I don't good. think yeah the, the new the Spider-Man movie is expected to sell out every show. I can't imagine I'll get a theater to myself. So it's looking like that might be pushed back. Probably a little bit. not. Yeah, oh. probably not. So, yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. So what have been your thoughts on, uh, on Washington season? Obviously, I was kind of. Early on, obviously, when Fitz went down, um, a lot of people were kind of like, all right, kind of season's over. Heineke kind of stepped in. They struggled a lot. They kind of rattled off a few wins in a row. And then on Sunday, a lot of people had them as maybe upsetting Dallas, and they got the shit kicked out of them. It's just – it's become one of those seasons where you get what you get every year. And what I mean by that is it's a team that looks horrible at the beginning of the season, and they have to fight their way back just to get in the playoffs at the end. I – it's it's almost it's mind numbing at times, right? Like you see them two and six this year, and then all of a sudden you win four straight after the bye, and you're feeling good, you're feeling confident about going into this game against Dallas. I stupidly bought into it and said, "All right, I'm feeling good now. Like this is finally going to be it. I believe in this team, and I think they're going to win this game." And look, they lose by seven, but we know that wasn't really the story of the game. I mean, they looked horrendous throughout most of the game until the last five minutes of that game, it was completely unreachable and they're down 18, nothing after the first quarter and what 24, nothing at halftime. And you're looking around going, are people even going to stick around for the second half of this game? And it, you know, it takes a pick six and really not a good game from Dak Prescott as a quarterback at all to, to get them back into this. Now, granted, they've had a lot of injuries. They're down to like their fourth center on the offensive line. Logan Thomas is out for the year. They, they've had, you know, you didn't even have Terry McLaurin the entire game. He's in a concussion protocol. So there are so many factors with this team that overall what they've been able to overcome has been good. The problem is, is that they dug themselves this hole at the beginning of the season when they were more healthy and they should have been winning or at least being more competitive against really good teams and really good quarterbacks to start the year. That's what makes it more frustrating about just the way the season's gone as a whole. Because when they beat Tampa, I don't, nobody saw that coming. And then they, they beat Cam, which no, is fine. No. Oh, Raiders, fine. Uh, who was the, who was the one other one they beat? Um, Panthers. Well, you said, Pan- you said Panthers. Yeah. 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 So, so, But then every time I see Micah Parsons, I keep thinking, what would have taken them to trade up for him instead of this? Instead, they took the kid from right. Kentucky. Every right, time. Right. I'm literally like, he was there at like 13. Like, you probably... Because there's, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams saying that, though. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. There's a lot of yeah. teams thinking that right now. Did he single-handedly just destroy Washington on Sunday oh, afternoon? Because he he is incredible. Micah Parsons is such a unique talent, and it's funny because you know we talked about Chase Young as that generational pass rusher, and uh, look, the jury's still out on Chase Young. I, I'm not going to be one of those people that says, oh, he's a bust or they should have taken Justin Herbert. The reality of it is when you go back to that draft and look, everybody was so high on Chase Young and you looked at Justin Herbert with a lot of question marks, just like two, a lot of question marks. Joe Burrow wasn't going to be available for them. So it's easy to play this game now when we go back and look at a draft, but look at what scouting reports are. Look at how everybody viewed these prospects there. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. Chase Young can still be a fantastic pass rusher, but he's got to get better and he's got to get obviously healthier. And we'll see that not until next year, but 
what Micah Parsons has been doing this season is more than just a conversation about somebody as defensive rookie of the year. We're talking defensive player of the year. This guy is going to be a once in a generation pass rusher disruptor on that defense. And you know, it sucks because this is what Washington's going to probably see for the next decade is him constantly torturing them game after game after game, like he did on Sunday. No, he's incredible. I don't know why James Franklin yeah. never thought to maybe put him at edge rusher at Penn State, maybe probably second-guessing that idea. Maybe, maybe they would have had some more success in the Big Ten. But, no, he's been absolutely incredible, and I'm pretty sure the only rookie to ever win Defensive Player of the Year is Lawrence Taylor. So that's an impressive category to put yourself in right there. Yeah, no, but it's, yeah it is. It's, yeah. But with Heineke, did you expect him struggling that much? Obviously, Dallas is an impressive front. Did you see him struggling, uh, expect him to struggle that much against them, especially in a packed home game? They were riding some momentum. So I said this on the post-game show too. Like the thing with Taylor Heineke is it's a roller coaster, right? So we get these games where he looks great and everybody's excited. And then you get these other games where you're looking at him going, oh, that's why you went undrafted. That's why you were out of the league for a while. That, that This is who Taylor Heineke is. I mean, through the four games that they won in the fourth quarter, I think he had only six incomplete passes, but only one touchdown and one interception. So it was like 23 of 29, I think is what he was, in the four games that they won during that four-game uh, you know, winning streak. But if you go back and look at the four fourth quarters before that, and he was 27 of 53 with like four interceptions. So you get these roller coaster moments with him where, yeah, when he's playing well, of course, they're in better shape. You got to have good quarterback play to win in the NFL consistently. But the hardest part about him is that you have the flashes of brilliance. You have the moments where he's ducking under tackles and he's squirming around and, and playing like Tony Romo or Brett Favre or whoever you want to compare him to this week. And then you have the games after that where he looks lost, he looks overwhelmed, he makes poor decisions, and that's some of it is inexperience. But you no, know, the conversation of like, oh, he's still a rookie. Well, no, he's not. He's been in the it's NFL 29. since like twenty fifteen. Yeah, like it's it's insane to have that conversation. Now, does he have a lot of game experience? No, and some of that comes with getting out there and playing. But we've seen enough now to know that this guy can be a great backup. And I hope he's a backup for this organization for a long time. And there's a very good chance that he's your starting quarterback week one next year. They're yeah. probably going to draft somebody, but is that quarterback going to be ready week one? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. If it's somebody in this draft, not as high on these quarterback prospects as we've been in the past, but Taylor Heineke is a great find for this team for the role that he's playing now as sort of the band-aid bridge quarterback, future backup for them. But as like long-term starter, that that's just not your answer. If he gets into the playoffs, aren't they going to try to restructure his deal and potentially make him the starter? Oh, are you talking about for long term or just for yeah. next year? For, even for I, even no. for next year? No, well, well, I mean, so? look, you'll want to probably get him under contract a little bit more, give him a raise, try to restructure that if they can get back to the playoffs. I'm sure there's a conversation that can be had with that. But look, they're not they're not going to go give him like a thirty million dollar deal or something. I mean, it's just not. There's just no way. Like you 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 need to have him on this roster short term, but you need to make sure you have a long-term plan at quarterback because it's not him. But look, his success, if they do get to the playoffs, sure, they did it last year. He got a nice little deal from them, and they probably should give him a little bit more of a raise and make it more equivalent to a, a good backup quarterback and what that deal could be. But that's really as far as this team should go with it. Yeah. That's the smart business decision, and I think that's probably where the team will end up looking to do it. Look, unless there's an opportunity for him somewhere else in a year or two and he ends up not being a part of this organization because he gets more money somewhere else, there's certainly a chance for that too. But you know, you can find those other good backup quarterbacks. It's at least easier to find a good backup quarterback in the NFL than it is finding a franchise yeah. quarterback. Big difference there between yeah. the two. No, yeah, because I saw the other day that apparently Teddy Bridgewater is looking for north of $25 million a year 
on the open yeah. market. And I don't know if there's much of a drop off between him and Heineke. So Heineke with a million might not be cut. So yeah, no, that's, that's and then with um the sheriff, he, he he didn't play too well against Michael Parsons. I don't know if you saw him. He got lit up. Yeah, he got pushed around. I mean, this is I, you know, he wants he wants a lot of money, and there was talk about him resetting the guard market this offseason. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, he certainly battled injuries again this year. This whole team really has, but he's had injury problems for for years now. Yeah, he, it's taken him. It's been years since he's played a full season in the NFL without getting hurt, and that that really affects you, and that affects your market as a player, right? I mean, the NFL is a physical sport. We all know that. But if you're not dependable, if a team can't count on you to be on the field, it's a lot harder for them to justify coughing up market changing money for someone. And that's yeah. really what the conversation is going to be about Brandon Sheriff. But, you know, this offensive line is going to need some work in the offseason, especially if they decide not to pay him. He goes somewhere else in free agency or whatever he gets. They're going to have to you know, obviously address quarterback, but they're also going to have to address their offensive line. Though I will say when this offensive line has been healthy, it hasn't been bad. It yeah, hasn't Cosby. been great. Cosby's been really good when has, he's healthy. And even at times, I know Charles Leno gets some, get, you know, racks up penalties at times, but Leno has not been bad for this team either, considering mm-hmm. you basically plugged him in late in, in, in the offseason. Uh, it's, it's not as bad as you thought it would be this season. What do you think of Scott Turner's play calling? It drives me nuts. I'll say this. It's been better over the last few weeks because they've been running the ball more and giving Antonio Gibson more carries. I know he fumbled again, and that's a big problem, but I've just been begging for them to give Antonio Gibson the football more and allow him to make plays. He's just, he's done so well. Look, when they were winning those four games that they won, they were eating the clock. We're talking 36 minutes, 38 minutes, 41 minutes in terms of time of possession. They were dominating the football, and that's really what matters. And it obviously started at that long drive in the fourth quarter against Tampa, the 10 and a half minutes almost they went, kept Tom Brady off the field. Because then in turn, that puts the offense in position where they don't have to be like, they're not going out there and forced to try and make plays right away and win them football games. It's just don't lose. Like we've managed the clock. Now we've gotten in the end zone because they're not putting up a ton of points. Washington's one of the worst teams in the NFL in the red oh, zone. Yeah. And it has been that way all year. So like you, you put Taylor Heineke in a better position where he wasn't going out there and having to throw the football 50 times, but he was going out there and making the right plays at the right times. And they were much more comfortable given those circumstances. But look, once they started playing from behind against Dallas, that was it. They weren't running the clock. You can't run the ball. If you're down 18, you just, you can't, you're going to have to start throwing the football, marching up the field. And that's not what Taylor Heineke's strength is. I know he's got a couple of game winning drives this year, but in reality, he's not doing that for an entire game. And if you go back, like I said, and you look at those stats in their four game winning streak, in the fourth quarter, one touchdown from Taylor Heineke in those four fourth quarters. So it's not like he's the one going out there and winning them games and throwing multiple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It's been a collective effort, and he's done well for where he is, but they were much better off when they were running the football more and trying to balance things out. That's not the future of the NFL, right? Like, you need to build a team that obviously has yeah. a quarterback and you've got to be able to pass, but if you don't have those weapons, you kind of do like the 49ers are doing it too. Just run the football a lot. You're like, well, I can't count on our quarterback enough, so let's run and try to just at least put them in a position to succeed. It's like they're running like the Walmart brand of the 49ers offense. Like you guys, yeah. it's yeah. insane. You get you're like, oh, we found this great tight end. Now he's hurt. We've got a pretty guy, got a big running back. He used to be a receiver. Oh, he's not really doing too well. Left tackle, they have the one we should really have instead they got him for a conditional third. And they have a shorter, less athletic quarterback. And it's almost like they're trying to do the same thing as Niners. It didn't work for the Niners. They lost. Yeah, I'll tell you this too. The Logan Thomas injury is really going to get noticed the rest of the season. I mean, he is somebody that you could count on to make big plays. And we really learned that last year, right? It was like, Logan Thomas is going to be our starting tight end. I mean, he's really, Oh, okay. He can actually play. This guy's legit. Yeah. And you know, that catch he had what last week against yeah, the Raiders. In the end, 
unbelievable. And that's yeah. the type of stuff that he can do. You've now lost that weapon. And Curtis Samuel's not doing anything this year. He's been non-existent, a ghost the entire year. He was supposed to be one of those names that goes out there and takes some of the attention away from Terry McLaurin. Now we don't even know whether Terry McLaurin's going to be ready to go to play in this, in, uh, against the Eagles this weekend. Adam Humphreys is going to take his over catches this week, but um, no, not it's a bad been, idea. No, it's been hey, who else just, is left? Who else is I left for DeAndre Carter, who just appeared out of nowhere? He was do, born in week two. I do love DeAndre Carter, though. I will say this: like I actually really like DeAndre Carter and the way that they've used him more recently. I was I was hoping that since. Uh, Curtis Samuel wasn't going to be on the field. They'd start to see the playmaking ability that he has. Now, if you're counting on him to get you like seven or eight catches in a game, okay, that's it's going a little too far. But somebody that can go out there and use on some trick plays, gadget plays, he's a good returner. Those are the types of things that you can utilize. And he's actually been very good at that. You bring back, remember Simi Cobbs? Simi Cobbs free agent. Remember the? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> Connected with him on LinkedIn. That's what he's, he's doing something else now. Um, there you no, go. But, All right. Yeah. So he might be available. No, but it's, it's been insane because I'm get, I get, I get Paul Richardson vibes every time I see Curtis Samuel, like big, big signing, expect to be the second option. Yep. And then where's, yeah. So it's, and then the defense, are you, William Jackson's been better in recent weeks than he was kind of early on. But are you surprised? I mean, during the, the win streak, they were playing exceptional. Jonathan Allen's been great. I know he's on, they got put on the COVID list. But have you been surprised how poorly they started and then kind of turning the tables a little bit midway through the season? I, I give Landon Collins credit, actually. Well, at least we're, the coaching staff are putting him in a better position now, too. He, he is a hybrid safety linebacker. He's that box safety. He didn't want to be categorized as, but he is. And that's where he's played well. He's totally changed the way that you know he's viewed as a player on this team, a, a weapon that, uh, on defense for them. He's very valuable to them in that sense. And you know now seeing him out there in a more useful position a more comfortable position where he's not just out in coverage getting beat constantly like he's josh norman this is really a situation now where he looks better and look i, I don't know what this offseason is going to be and how many decisions they're going to make in terms of changes on that defense but you start to wonder if they continue to use landon collins in the way that they are you might actually want to keep him around past this season i know it's it's a pretty big cap hit in terms of what you're still going to be paying him next year but he's looked really good recently Pretty sure Fuller was one of PFF's highest graded corners this past week. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's been but he's been better. I expected more from St. Juice. I kind of got it was like a, we got a six-two corner from Minnesota. Man, they, were, they were hyped mm. up in the preseason. Really haven't seen much from him. And then flipping oh, around the league, somebody somebody was hyped up in the preseason. Never yeah. seen that before. Who's the guy that got from USC a couple years ago? Everybody's like, oh, this guy's gonna be the real deal. And then we made him hate football. Oh, you're talking about um Sue Cravens, yeah. Sue Cravens. He's he went to the, Yeah. He went to the Broncos for a little bit and then just pretty much got out of football. Yeah. I think he actually yeah. does the USC radio broadcast now. Sua Cravens? I think so. That's I wild. Think. That's I very think so, interesting. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. then looking around the league, who's good? I, I, I could not tell you who's good. It's it's a week by week thing in the NFL. I mean, one week it's the Rams, and then you know they beat Tampa, and everybody's excited about that. And then the Cardinals go and they beat the Rams, but now the Rams beat the Cardinals, and you know you're looking at the AFC going. Well, maybe the Titans are actually still good even without Derrick Henry, and they may get him back. And Ravens one week, and then the Ravens not the next week, and it's it's wild. Like it's so hard to predict this NFL season. It makes it fun, right? I mean, it makes it hard yeah. to bet on, but it makes it a whole lot. Not, of fun not last week, I think it was a thing eleven and three favorites against the spread on Sunday. It was better last week, yes, uh, but it, it has been a it's been one of those years where it's just so hard to predict, and really week by week. I mean, if you look at not just the conversation about uh, you know, the best team, but also who the MVP is. It goes from Kyler Murray or yeah. Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, and it's bouncing around so much. 
where I'm going to be interested too to see what happens with an extra week now. Because remember, we have that extra game, obviously. Yeah. So you've got week 18, that 17th game. Is there going to be a team that benefits from that extra game? Whether it's jumping up to the one seed and getting a bye or getting into the playoffs when if it was a 16-game schedule, they would have just missed out. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to factor into that last week of the season. Also, teams that have stuff locked up, are they going to say, we've already played 16 games, definitely going to sit yeah. all our guys next week. Would they sit more? Like We don't know because we haven't had this type of season yet, but we're going to get some very interesting storylines come week 18. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest factors as we head to the playoffs is what teams are looking just the most comfortable in the position they're in. It's not always the best teams, right? It's yeah. just the teams that are playing the best football as you get into the playoffs and whether or not they try to break that up or, or it's a team that just kind of squeaks in because of that extra game and gets to the postseason. I, I can't wait. Like, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Now, in terms of the MVP, but I, I think Brady's the front runner right now. He's been the most consistent. They don't want to give it to yeah. Rodgers for the vaccine stuff. They don't want to give it to him. They're waiting for somebody else to jump up. Stafford's been consistent. Kyler's been consistent. I mean, people are talking about Jonathan Taylor a couple weeks ago. That's not going to happen. Um, it's, 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 I think it's, it's Brady or unless somebody comes out of nowhere, like Stafford lived up the other night, if they went and won four more, and I think of this big COVID situation right now, that didn't even really into the facility, but they don't want to give it to Aaron Rodgers. And I don't really know if they want to give it to Brady either. I think they kind of want to shake it up with somebody different, but it, it, it's well, wild. There's voter fatigue. Voter fatigue exists yeah. in the NBA MVP race. And it's the same thing with the NFL where like guys that have won it before, a lot of times the voters just say, I want somebody new. I'm going to vote for somebody different this time around. And there's a reason why LeBron James hasn't won eight MVPs, why Jordan didn't win 10. Like it just people vote for different players, whether they're the next up and coming star and it's like their moment or it just happens to be. I'll say this. Kyler Murray, I thought if he had played well and the, you know, the Cardinals had won on a Sunday or Monday night football. He might have still been able to be in the race, but missing three games and then losing that game, I think it's going to be a lot harder yeah. for him to win the MVP, which then does lean on Tom Brady here. And it may just be one of those, okay, well, Brady's won it a bunch of times, but uh, all right, he deserves it. They're going to hold their nose and vote for him. And that's that may just be where this all ends up. Yeah. No. I remember that one year they gave it to a kicker. I wonder if it was something similar, just like they couldn't decide on anybody. But no. <laughs> Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker won MVP it, this year. He's the best player on the team. That's what, what do you think <laughs> about their season? It's it's almost concerning how much they rely on him. Yeah. Well, and Lamar Jackson. And now Lamar Jackson got hurt last week. And then why we did he need the cart? Why did he need the cart? I thought that was a little I don't know, but that was alarming to see that. You're thinking yeah. it's a lot worse than what it was. Yeah. And that wasn't great, but you're thinking that was like a broken ankle. That was something really bad. I, I don't know. But, I mean, if you're looking at the Ravens and what they've actually been able to overcome, given all the injuries from starting off the year to just picking up every running back in the world that used to be a pro bowler that's not a pro yeah. bowler that was a free agent, that they just kind of cycled through all of them. Uh, it's been remarkable. And and really, it, it, we'll see how this goes the last few weeks of the season, but John Harbaugh should actually get more consideration for Coach of the Year if yeah. they can obviously – get in the playoffs, if they completely fall off and Lamar Jackson's hurt and the, the magic wears off in this team, that's not really going to be the conversation. But if they continue to play well and they're a two or even a three seed in the AFC, I'd give John Harbaugh a lot more credit because he's had to overcome a lot in terms of just a massively depleted roster before the season even started. Yeah, and with Tyler Huntley, I think they created him because I can't, like I was trying to look him up on social media earlier. I don't think he exists. I think they just tried to clone <laughs> Lamar, gave him another That's number. the happiest dude ever, man. Man, his first, his interview after that first win he had as a starter oh, yeah. was just the happiest kid I've ever seen out there to play, just playing football. It was, yeah. that was such a great interview. Yeah, no, it's been a And then with, with the Chiefs, obviously they're kind of rolling now. Are you concerned about the Chiefs when Jackson Mahomes started going back to games? Because pretty sure he he skipped about a month. They won um, they won about four in a row. But if they're in the Super Bowl, he's going to be there, and that means I don't. You might want to take the underdog. 
Uh, look, the, the Chiefs, everybody likes to write off teams at the beginning of the season, but when you have a full NFL year and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, you just can't get that concern. Now, he obviously had rough starts. Uh, he's had some stretches where he hasn't looked good, turning the ball over, all those things. But that's the type of quarterback you count on to get it better, to figure it out. And all of a sudden, this defense is a good defense. And, by, I mean, Mahomes completed 80, what 83% of his passes this past weekend. So yeah. he'll be okay. And this is, this is one of those teams where if the defense can just be capable, and right now they're much more than capable. But let's say it levels out and they're a middle-of-the-pack defense. Mahomes gets back to Mahomes. They're, they are a Super yeah. Bowl team. But again, I've now listed like multiple things that have to go right for the Chiefs. That's really how this season's been as a whole, where you can almost talk yourself into or talk yourself out of five, six, seven teams as legit Super Bowl contenders this season. Almost every, like you go down the list, you're talking, maybe the Titans. Well, actually, I still could. Or, you know, the Chiefs, like I just said, the Ravens and then the Packers and the Rams and the Cardinals and Tampa. And like, it's just so many teams where you can find all these justifications for why they're good but then also go, but there's also this issue. If they can do this or this happens, then it changes everything. It's, it's again, just an unbelievably predictable season and unpredictable season in the NFL. You think the Colts have a shot at beating New England? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, the Colts, when they were three and five, I said, that's a playoff team. And I, in fact, I was so confident. I think I got them at plus 800 to win the division. Because wow. uh, Derrick Henry, too. That was when Derrick Henry went down around that time. And I was like, this is... This is a team right here that can go on a run. Carson Wentz was starting to figure it out. He was really getting used to that offense again. And then Jonathan Taylor has been fantastic. Now, it's looking less and less likely that they're going to win the division, but I talked they to lost both the, they, the they lost both to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's I think, it's, I think what are they, two games back right now? It's it's going to be really They're in the, but they lose six to, or seven. Six or seven. Yeah, but but I'm talking about the division, not the playoffs. Oh, no, I'm talking yeah. about winning the division. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but you got to pretty much win all your games and Titans have to start losing some. So it's a little bit harder now for that scenario. But playoffs, absolutely, is still very, very reasonable. But yeah, you got to beat New England. And that, I think I want to say it's something like I think, I think the Colts are like, what, two point dogs in that? Are they two point underdogs? I don't know where the I line think, is now. I thought I, about I, parlaying uh, Colts, Bengals, and uh, who's the other one? One of their team that's um, and the Chargers. And then Colts, uh, what money line or spread? Yeah. Yeah. Colts, Colts to win. Colts. Uh, but uh, Bengals okay. are underdogs at Broncos and uh, Chargers are underdogs at the Chiefs. I think it's like nine <laughs> plus five, nine fifty. The three of them. There, there's yeah. some value there. I don't think, it, I don't think it's crazy at all. Like I wouldn't no. rule the, the Chargers out for beating the Chiefs at all. I do like the over in that game too. I think it's at like round 51, 51 and yeah. a half. There's, there's, there could be some serious points scored in that. But yeah, it's again, it's, it's just, it's wildly unpredictable this season. Have you been watching any of the Brady documentary? No, I haven't watched that. Really? Uh, really? Story. I, I'm not really that into it. I've heard the story a million times. It's fine. I, maybe I'll go back and watch it at some point, but I haven't really been into it right now. So many, just so much other stuff I got to do. I'm just like, ah, I don't have time for this right now. So I mean, it's not going anywhere. You know, maybe no. in the off season when I need a football fix, then I can yeah. go back and watch it and do it then. So my biggest takeaway, he went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl. I didn't realize that. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I was already like, oh, he's probably back like three years later. I'm not the loss. I was already like, I didn't realize it went 10 years when they when they did that. But it, it's it's interesting hearing him swear. And he's he hates the Giants. The past two episodes have been him losing to the Giants. Yeah. But it's but it's been yeah. interesting. I don't know if Belichick's going to be on it, though. So but it's it's wild. Do you think the Patriots are the real deal? I'm not sold. I'm still not sold. Well, look, you don't know what Mac Jones is going to be in the playoffs, but they're using the same formula that they used with Brady the last time around. Right. I mean, think about it. They. It was based off of defense. It was put Brady in a position to succeed. Shorter passes. I don't think he averaged 
over like eight or nine yards of completion until like his fourth year as a starter with the Patriots. So they were all doing very similarly what they're doing with Mac Jones right now. But that's that's really where we are is it still comes down to quarterback play in in the playoffs. And is Mac Jones going to be somebody that will be comfortable in that scenario? And you see it a lot where these young quarterbacks and he's a rookie. So it's obviously is it's as young as it gets in terms of NFL experience. You got to kind of go through the the ups and downs, the bumps and bruises, the the losses in the playoffs first before you then get to the next level. Now, I understand there's obviously some variables there. There's some outliers, and Patrick Mahomes is certainly the case. I mean, you could say Russell Wilson, but he was also, what, a third-round pick and had talent all around him, and that was a little bit of a different team construction that was there. But occasionally, that's where it is. But Lamar Jackson wins MVP, and we're still having the conversation about him trying to get his team farther in the playoffs. So it's uh, that would really be my biggest concern with New England. But if there's any coach that can figure out how to utilize yeah. their strengths and accentuate another team's weaknesses, whether it's the wind, it's the rain, or it's their quarterback or their defense or whatever, Bill Belichick's going to figure it out. You, I think he's. I don't think anybody else can win Coach of the Year now. I think it's even though he he, he even said he said he wanted oh. Kingsbury to win it. Kingsbury can't win it now. It's tough um, because we still have what four weeks left in the season. Yeah. You know how much can change with the way this season's gone in the next four weeks. If the Cardinals win the rest of their games. That may be more votes for Cliff Kingsbury. There may be some people that don't want to vote for Bill Belichick because that's the thing about these awards is it's there's a human element involved. You got people voting and deciding whether they really like the season, trying to talk themselves out or into somebody as, as a, a candidate. So uh, Belichick certainly deserves it, but you can make the argument for Cliff Kingsbury if they win out the rest of the way or come close to that. I mean, if the Rams look good the rest of the season, does Sean McVay then get more votes? I mean, there's just so much right now where – I don't really, there's like nothing locked up, whether it's a team that you see as the true front runner to win the Super Bowl, MVP, coach of the no. year. There's some things, obviously, defensive rookie of the year. I think we yeah. know who's going to win and that. I, but, and offense, but, offense, but, those two. Yeah, offense rookie of the year as yeah. well. Well, Jamar Chase has played well so. the last couple of weeks again. So, yeah, he's starting, to, he's starting to climb back up a little bit where I've seen the conversation of, wait a minute, maybe this race isn't done. I think Mac Jones probably does win it. Also, he's a quarterback. But, yeah, we're still, we still got a few weeks left. This has been... Again, this is just one of those seasons where it really is going to come down to the last week of the year for so many different things. I feel like this is the year like a wild card is going to win it all. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't trust anything. I'd be very, yeah. I mean, who, who, who looks the best at the end of the season is really Dolphins. Something that could Dolphins matter five, the most. Dolphins won four. Hey, man, the Dolphins now all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe, maybe two can. Ever since that guy flipped, ever since the guy flipped, they haven't lost against Baltimore. And yeah, it's, and it, I'm telling you something, man. It, it just. It's amazing how seasons can turn around in the NFL. It's it's what makes it so unique. What about a, I call him FedEx Junior, the coach of the um, Falcons? They're doing pretty well because uh, his father owns the company. But um, yeah, they, they're six and seven. So and their roster is depleted. And if if somehow they mm. make the like he's I think like he people aren't talking about him. They didn't even use he doesn't even kid can't even see Kyle Pitts. He didn't even throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. Ain't everybody yeah, else. You're right. He, he yeah, you completely reimagined Cordell Patterson. There's nobody on defense, and they're in it. It's not pretty, but they're in it. I think the Falcons, though, are missing out on a couple of different tiebreakers, if I'm correct. I think Possibly. at least Washington has a tiebreaker over them, and to yeah. San Francisco maybe, too. We're in that time of year where there's like five different Oh, they're playing each other this week. That's playoffs, this week. But That's this week. San so Fran and Atlanta. That'll make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they eliminated Carolina by beating them last week. So Carolina's out of the picture. That was pretty much an elimination game at that point. But I mean, even again, the 
Falcons certainly could still be in this, could sneak in as that seventh seed because you also have that extra seed on top of things too. So it's just, it makes for another, the NFL has done such a good job. We know eventually they're going to 18 games. The 17 games is just like a, a taste and then they're going to force their way in the rest of the way. But it, it's, I mean, like you just named a bunch of teams and I, there's not one where I'm going to sit here and say, oh, not a chance. Like, yeah, Atlanta still has maybe an opportunity too. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head and that yeah. certainly can, can factor into some of this, but also now you've got guys missing time with COVID and like, does that become a factor later in the year as well? So just they really, the NFL unpredictable. That's, that's all you have to say about it this year. Yeah, no, it's, it's been wild. Cause if I know yesterday they said all tier one and two tier two employees have to get the booster, but tier one employees includes players, but this doesn't include players. Cause if they, if they non-vaccine players couldn't play, that changes everything, but they're not doing that. Yeah. Colts out, Packers out, Ravens out. Right. Uh, Yeah. No, cause it's, it's wild. As well, and then before I let you go, NBA starting back up. I'm really focused. All Wizards. I, I, I saw after Kuzma wore the, the the sweater. They haven't gotten played as well. <laughs> I blame the sweater. You're right. You should definitely look. The player arrivals have become something that are just so unbelievably over the top. It really is just a fashion show. Like you watch any of these big runway shows. I mean, I don't watch them, but you see the clips of them, and you're like, that's the, all the stupidest stuff. I've ever seen in my life. It's why Zoolander was so perfect as a movie because it literally just shows you exactly what all of this stupid stuff is. But it's <laughs> that pink sweater, man. That was the weirdest thing I've ever yeah. seen. But you know, the Wizards have the Wizards have too much depth, and Bradley Beal looks uncomfortable in this offense with this team. It's he's used to carrying more of the load, and he doesn't seem to find a rhythm ever with them. And you know, Rui's going to be back at some point. Thomas Bryant's going to be back at Rui? some point. What's the deal with Rui? Rui just disappeared. What happened? Anybody know what happened with that? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I've talked to some people, and I, I think it's sort of more of a private thing, and yeah. I don't really know the details behind it. But I know at some point he will be back with the team. Um, but then that's your starting four, most likely you got a deep rotation that's probably too deep. And then a lot of first round picks over the last couple of seasons that aren't going to get a lot of time. And like what Tommy Shepard needs to do is package at least a couple of these guys together to get an upper tier player in some Russell capacity. Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Uh, God, man, let me tell you something that I'm so glad he was able to flip that John Wall contract the way he did yeah. because now, now the Lakers are talking about possibly moving Russell Westbrook. Cause that's he not working killed Boston. He killed Boston last week. He torched Boston. So as long as, as long as he's getting it in the rim, no, but with when they made the trade with LA, I thought they were going to try to get Horton Tucker. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that want him. Um, apparently, that's sort of he's looked at as one of the players from what I've been reading. That's that's viewed by a lot of NBA teams as young, uh, got an, a lot of upside and and reasonable and worth prying away in a trade. Lakers don't really have a lot of assets right now. Wizards do have a ton, but there's only so much. You've got pick swaps you've got to deal with and protections with uh, the still the John Wall trade. So there's that to worry about with your first round pick. But I mean, look, they've got some good players on this roster that you might be able to flip if this it's just it's too deep, right? Depth is good, but having too much depth can sometimes be a hindrance because then a lot of guys aren't getting enough time getting a rhythm. They're in and out of the lineup night in and night out. So uh, it's it's disappointing to see where they've gone from where they started off this year. I don't know what he's doing now, but they should not rule out bringing back Martel Webster. They could use that shooting off the bench Um, and (laughs) then shoot. Yeah, he was incredible. And I guess just one last one for you with, with the Warriors. Who's beaten them, especially when they get Clay back? Who's who's even coming close? It's t- I mean, the Suns at full strength can, but now the Suns have been missing Devin Booker for a while. DeAndre Ayton's been out, so it's hard to get a full gauge on where the Suns are. But look, I mean, the Suns beat them the first time around they played, and I said that's actually the best team in the NBA. But once you get 
Clay Thompson back. I mean, I, I just don't understand how this is. This is they, they feel like the 73 win Warriors again, yeah. where they're just going out and they're they're shooting lights out and they're finding ways in games to just constantly just demoralize teams with the way that they score. And they're also one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I think right now they may actually be depending on, you know, I think they may be the best defensive team in terms of points allowed per game right now. They, they fluctuate basically between one and three throughout this entire season. So that's what they did. They were a great scoring team in their prime, but people also forget they were a really, really oh, yeah. good defensive team. And they used the way that they play defense to take advantage on offense where they'd have mismatches defensively. They'd get guys out on the break. And then I would allow somebody like a Clay Thompson to get open because he's got a bigger, you know, like Kevin Love defending him in a mismatch. And then boom, they take advantage of that. So that that's really what makes the Warriors so great. And it's it's it, the NBA feels right again, at least in that sense, where you've got the yeah. Warriors playing like the Warriors that we remember. And then Jordan Poole has been unbelievable. Like, from, yep. It must yeah. feel like when they bring Clay back and then maybe having like, obviously he's going to be under minutes restriction, maybe in like a Ginobili type role off the bench. Who's stopping them? Who's stopping them if he's in the second unit? I don't know, man. I, it is. It, I mean, I'm, I'm just jealous. Like, I, I wish I could be a fan of a team that was built the way the Warriors were built. <laughs> we got Denny. You got Denny. You got um. I like Denny, Gonzaga. man. I like him. I think he's, he's raw and it's going to take him a long time to really develop into the player. I think that he can be, but there, there's some talent there. They got value in that pick at what? Number nine when they drafted yeah, I him. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. There, there, there was a lot of teams that did like him. I was surprised he fell that far, but yeah, it's going to take some time for him to develop. He's, he's very young and still very raw. Yeah. What about the kid from Michigan State? Does he even play Winston? Nah, not very much. I don't think so. I haven't yeah. seen him get that many minutes. They got again, they got a lot of depth of point guard, too. So yeah, yeah. It's been it's been interesting because I know they came out, they came out of the gate. They were like number one in the conference for a while. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. It was looking like a team that actually, and I still think they're better than in a better position than where they were in the past, but they got to figure it out. They're in a real bad slump, but they're on a West Coast trip. And you know, those are those are a grind for teams. Yeah, no, it's one. I also saw, I didn't realize until midweek that, uh, or midseason, that they got rid of the TNT Thursdays because they couldn't compare, compete with uh, Thursday night football. They just brought them on Tuesday nights. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm, we got a big Tuesday night game. When we're, the, the time that we're taping this right now, you've got a Steph Curry at the Garden. So, oh, really? Yeah, that's, yep. That's oh. going to be what matters tonight. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. Well, do appreciate you taking time. How can people yep. check you out and follow you? Trying to get the show Saturdays and all of, and doing everything over there. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of writing for BetQL. That's part of it. And I jump on, of course, all of our shows on the BetQL Network. Got a show on Saturdays, uh, Countdown 2, 10 to noon Eastern on uh, CBS Sports Radio and BetQL. Then a second show on CBS Sports Radio as well, noon to 2 Eastern every Saturday. You, are you doing it from home or back in, in Navy Yard? Uh, mostly in studio, mostly at home, uh, which has been great. And then I'll do a lot of, then I'll do some evening shows for uh, 106.7 The Fan. So I get some, I get my DC ties still with the Odyssey stuff too, which is nice. So any other producers cut off your guests or not? Oh uh, no, that was only you. You're the only one that did that. that so was, good job I probably listened. There. I probably listened to that, clip, that, that, that like 20 yeah. times. That it, it made it made it, it made it interesting because he, he Todd wasn't ready either. I literally I was literally like, what's going on? And then I was knocking on the glass. Now the, the, the thing is with there, because I was gonna plan on before I started a new job, I was planning on um doing like maybe one day a week. I didn't realize I'd be working so much now. So I was literally like I was talking to um I think Drab or Valdez. I'm like, yeah, I can probably do one day a week. And they're like, when are you available? And I'm like, never. So like this is, <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. after the season, yeah. but like, yeah, it's it's wild. Now okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's is really interesting. But do appreciate you taking the time. I hope yeah, Washington I hope Washington can get this win against the Giants. Cause if you lose to Nick, what's his name? Glennon, like season's over. Well, they got no. the Eagles this weekend. Remember, no, it's not the Giants oh. yet. It's the Eagles. Oh, okay. So you got all right. So you got to get Giants are for... Giants are still later. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, well, it's, yeah, they, they can't. Is it Minshew or Hurts? Uh, 
I don't know. I, I problem is like Minshew can Minshew mania. So I, Minshew mania is fun. I just don't want to see it this weekend. So I just, I just want to see them win. Look, Jalen hurts. We don't really know what you're going to get game in and game out from him. Yeah. No. And it, cause I remember it was last year, week 17 when they pulled him for the other guy, just like in a tank, but um, with mm. Minshew, no, Minshew has been incredible. And I feel like Minshew's going to get a monster deal in the open market if he keeps playing well, but yeah, but do appreciate you t- taking the time as always. Right.